everyone, we are live for our Sunday weekly warm-up. We have a full house. Oh, my gosh. We have a full house because we are doing a panel, and so you know it's going to be good. We have Brad Hughes, of course, and then we have a variety of faces we know you're going to recognize, including people that have been on the show before, people that have been in the Teach Better community, and of course, the person we can't get rid of, Andrea's here from the Teach Better team. She's like the biggest OG of all time. We'll be right back. teachbettergroup.com for our Sunday weekly warm-up where we get to be live every single Sunday evening to kick off your week. This week brings back something that all of you in this group told us we had to keep in the Sunday show, and that was all about panels. We are doing our first panel of the season, and we are going to have a blast. Brad Hughes is in the house. Brad, how are you doing? Are you ready for this panel? I'm doing great, and I, I couldn't be in better company. I Megan, Jackie, Julie, Andrea, and, of course, my co-host with the most on the Lake Michigan coast, Ray Hewitt. Uh, excited to be all with all of you. And if you're joining us live here in the comments here in our Sunday weekly warm-up space, make sure you grant StreamYard permission to see and use your name. Make sure you say hi to us in the comments. Let us know where you're joining us from, maybe what you teach, what your important role in education might be who you're looking forward to hearing from the most, uh, and above all, let us know how we can support you as we get our panel underway. So as we were thinking through our panel, and I promise we're going to do introductions soon, we realized that the most questions we're getting right now, especially whether you're in the group or just in my email inbox, it's so full of people kicking off their year, especially with the grid method. How is this working for students? You're running into hiccups. So we decided this entire panel is not only a group of educators that are all-star grid users, but also educators that are part of our Teach Better ambassador family. So we just get to have lots of fun time with them, and we always need more ambassador time, to be honest. So we're going to start off first with the woman who co-created our ambassador program and, of course, it has been a grid method teacher for a long, long, long time. Andrea, how are you? Do you want to do a little intro of who you are and what you do? Of course. Well, hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm on screen with all my babies. Like, I love this. These are my people. Um, so, yes, I am one of the co-creators of the Ambassador Program. So the three lovely ladies you see sitting here with us um, are ambassadors. And I am also a training and development specialist. I think that's my specific title sure. for the Teach Better team. So I get to um, work with the authors of our Teach Better Academy. So that's such an important part of my job. I love being able to um, get courses out to everybody. And then I work with the ambassadors. And then I just kind of help out with other little stuff um, as it comes up. I'm also a seventh grade English language arts teacher taking a little bit of time off now to be home with my family. Um, I've got two young kids, but yeah, I love the grid and I can't wait to talk about it some more. 
Oh, it'll be so funny. Andrea, I remember so many times that we would text about just grid things in the classroom. So excited to share those today. I'd love to throw it over to Megan. Megan is joining us and she would love to do a quick intro and then a little about herself as well. Megan, do you mind unmuting and sharing a little bit about yourself? Sorry, it froze for a second. I was not sure who you're talking to. Yes, I am Megan Baldoff. I teach eighth grade English um, and I am outside of the DC area and I jumped into the grid sort of full steam ahead last year and am very grateful this year to have the intro grid because it's making smoother sailing. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. We will really need to put that in our panel later because we have gotten a lot of questions. So you know I'm coming back to you about that. Jackie, do you mind jumping in with an intro on yourself? Sure. Hey, family. Uh, my name is Jackie Mione, and I teach seventh grade math in the suburbs of Chicago at the school that I graduated from. From So it's a whole lot of fun. Um, and I've been running the grid for, this is my fifth year now in full grid, and I wouldn't go back. So <laughs> nutty. I can't believe, first off, first of all, you were on the show two weeks ago, so I feel like everyone already knows Jackie. If you missed her episode, you have to go back. It was maybe like my favorite episode of all time, but maybe this will be better. Who knows? Um, but also Jackie and I have been connected for years and years and years. And I can't believe that you are just up in your classroom. You're North of me. So up just like <laughs> rocking it with students on a constant basis. You're one of my favorite grid teachers to follow on Instagram because there's constantly content in your stories. It was because of you girl that I was able to do the grid. So our lives crossing was such a gift because I wouldn't know of the grid otherwise. So cool. shout out to you. <laughs> so much learning back and forth. Julie, we're really, really happy you're here as well. I love working with you, Julie. I get to visit your classroom all the time. Do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself to our community? Yeah. So my name is Julie Saller. Um, I teach at Plano High School. It's also a Chicago suburb <laughs> representing in Illinois here. Um, I actually started grid a year and a half ago in my algebra one classes. Um, and then now I'm completely implemented it across all three of the different sets of classes I teach. So this is the first year I'm not teaching traditionally at all, which has been kind of awesome. I'm really enjoying it all day, every day in all my classes. That is a big deal, Julie. I didn't realize that, that this is like the first year that you are full grid in all your classes at the high school level. I'm so excited for you. We'll have to talk more about that too. It's just going to be endless tonight, friends. We really love being able to do panels, especially panels with people that we're familiar with. So we can touch on a number of different topics. Megan, Jackie, Julie, Andrea, they are all outstanding educators that have Use the grid in a variety of ways, which I think makes this such a strong panel when we were, when Brad and I were uh, brainstorming the type of panel we were looking for, especially to support mastery learning, which is like such a broad topic. We wanted to make sure there was really big variety, different teaching styles, different teaching beliefs, to be honest, between all four of you, different teacher, different teaching topics, uh, age groups. I mean, we're like covering the whole thing here. So Brad, I think this just turned out to be kind of a great crew. I think well, I think what we have here is we've got a grid of grid uh, passionate educators. We we've got uh, we've got everyone representing uh, different uh, areas of teaching, uh, different experiences with the grid, and so we've we've got a grid about the grid. It's a meta grid. I, I'm really excited about tonight. It's gonna be so good. 
For those of you real quick, if you're popping into our live stream, whether it be exclusive in our private group, which happens every single Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or if you're finding this after the fact, we do stream it on all platforms Monday evening where we kind of take this video and we restream it everywhere. So you get to see the fun, but you don't get to participate live in the comments, which is the part that we actually think is the coolest. So make sure to join the group over at teachbettergroup.com. Um, that if you're not familiar with the grid, the grid is a mastery learning framework created by the one and only Chatterstrowski, who we all bow to all the time. Um, but honestly, it has changed so many lives in the education space of how to implement mastery learning in a way that is sustainable and scalable for teachers. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And if you are not familiar, you may not get a lot out of this panel. So if you're not familiar, head over to teachbetter.com slash the grid method, or head over to our academy and explore one of the two courses in there, three courses. Andrea, there's a lot of grid courses in there, isn't there? <laughs> explore one of those and let us uh, give you some insight. And then this panel will make a lot of sense. So feel free to post your questions in the comments. We will absolutely be taking live questions, but we also have specific questions that other people have submitted prior to this video that we'll be asking our panel here. So without further ado, let's get into our discussion. We'll be right back. And we have an incredible panel lined up, and Brad and I are so excited to dive in. Shout out to Brianne Fennell, who is rocking it, always a member of our Teach Better team, and in the comments, putting links, tagging friends, and being a huge support. We encourage everybody to continue to use those comments as a place to not only talk to one another, but also suggest questions live on the screen. You know, I will tell our panelists, we have been collecting questions to ask you. I feel like some of them are really useful for the beginning of the year. So we're going to kind of push our panel to really emphasize their experience with the grid at the beginning of the school year, because sometimes that's the hardest time of year because you're teaching students so many new things. But first and foremost, I'd love to kick it off for whoever is interested in kicking off and answering the first question with having you guys share a little bit about what you feel like the the grid has added to your classroom. What's the benefit? What's the reason you continue to use it versus trying it, deciding it's not a good fit and moving away from the topic? Whoever wants to jump in and kick it off. I can start. Um, so for me, it gave me time back in my classroom one-on-one um, -on -one with my kids. So as you know, our class sizes keep getting bigger, right? So literally one year I had a class of almost 30, 34 students and teaching to the whole class is never going to work for that. You, I had kids who were high, kids who were, you know, above average, below average, in between, needed help. And I wasn't reaching them all. So the grid let me reach all of my students. 
I got to meet with them. I had a checklist and pretty much every day, if not every day, then every other day, I got to meet individually or in a small group with students. And when I taught whole group, that wasn't something I could do before. I did small groups, but that would be like once a week or my review group or my accelerator group. But doing the grid allowed me to really work one-on-one. And I got to see my students in a different way because students act differently in a small group or one-on-one with you than they do as a whole group. So um, that's my favorite. It gave me time back to really work with them one-on-one. I am going to say student ownership for sure. Um, Watching students come alive to their own learning versus them walking into class going, what are we doing today? They already know. Um, So it's putting the learning in their lap um, and just encouraging them to keep going, right? Like, Miss Mio and I'm done with with this grid level today. Can I keep going? Heck yeah, you can. Like, don't slow down. Like, just keep learning. Um, And then watching them too, like, get up from their seat and go ask for help somewhere else besides me. Um, They're learning those self-advocacy skills, which is just like the grid allows for them to just do that seamlessly without fear. Um, If they see I'm busy, where can they go get help? Um, It has just like completely solidified us in our seventh grade math classroom as we're a family moving through learning together at different paces, but we can all help each other out. Yeah, I'm just going to echo everything that Andrea and Jackie said. I do it for the same reasons. Um, But the one thing that I think I realized the most when I first implemented grid was that for years I've been holding some kids back from their learning and learning at their own pace and also leaving a lot of kids behind. And I think with grid, that's not happening as much as it used to. I used to teach traditionally to the whole class. I was always teaching that middle and there were kids that were like bored to tears, ready to move on to the next thing. And then there were kids on the other end that were completely lost and I had to leave them behind. And that's just not happening um, with the grid method. And I think that's my favorite part of it altogether. Something interesting for me coming up, just just hearing the comments in the panel so far, is that we know that the grid method is a learning mastery system. So it it systematizes your classroom operations, your instruction, uh, and there there may be a risk that it it's all about sort of the nuts and bolts, the procedures. But what I'm hearing is it is actually something that weaves through the classroom culture, and it actually brings you together. Jackie used the word family. It it, it develops. And it solidifies the community. And Jackie, we were talking uh, not too long ago about the fact that if you have a guest teacher, a substitute teacher come in for you, uh, that that um, that thread of the grid method continues even in your absence. Yes, for sure. Yeah, having a sub is the easiest with the grid method framework because the kids already know what to, what they're supposed to do. They don't they don't actually need an adult in the room to tell them what to do. Um, the the adult needs to be there just to supervise and make sure they stay alive. But like they don't need an adult, which is just so cool because they're not looking to that single adult to get all of their learning done. Um, they know where to go to keep learning. So it is seamless with a sub for sure. Megan, do you want to jump in and share a little bit about why you have enjoyed the grid thus far, what it's brought your classroom? I mean, Andrea, I think said it best. It's, it provides me so much time to work with individual students because, you know, I, I have those 30 person classes as well. And the idea that they can, 
go through the grid, use the progress monitoring log, and I can touch in, touch base with every kid in the course of a classroom or keep coming back to that one kid who's really concerned about, I'm not sure I'm getting this right. Okay. I don't, you don't have to not ask that question. You have to just flag it in there and I might not get to you right away, but I will get to you and I will get you every information you need to be able to feel successful. I love that. It's so funny when I describe my passion for why I continued to use the grid because I was very resistant when I first heard about it. I'm like, that's not going to work for me. I say the exact same thing that you have all shared, which is it gave me time, but no one believes me. I'm like, there's no way that someone can deliver a package that has teacher time in it. And I, I feel like the grid method was the only thing that somehow found time in the day that went so quickly. And I really value that. So I appreciate you all emphasizing that. Now, while I do know we could brag on the grid method and Chattertrowski himself, the creator is in the comments, we could literally sing his praises for, I know the next two hours, if not longer, I actually want to get into some of the hard elements of the grid because I want to make sure this panel provides value and doesn't just like talk about how fabulous teachers you all are the whole time. We know that the grid is right or wrong, a tough transition, hard to, hard to train our students to think differently than a teacher has ever asked them to teach before or learn before. We know that the grid has a learning curve of starting out in one place and maybe you evolve as a teacher and you have to help your students evolve with you. So I'd love to actually flip the question a little bit. Brad, I was nervous to ask this one. I know that you were going to encourage us to do this, though. But what do you think as we're starting the year, it's mid-September, what's the hardest part of the grid right now? Like in schools, in a classroom right now, because I can tell you, while I love the grid method and I did it for years and years and years, September was a hard month because you're still like enforcing routines. Who wants to jump in? I can again. Um, I think it's that mind shift change for kids, right? Because unfortunately they've been trained, depending on if you have high school or grammar school, to walk in, sit down, be quiet, listen to the teacher, right? Okay, teacher told me to do something. I'm going to write it down on my worksheet, right? That very old school way of learning where now this is totally different and we're putting the learning on them. So my students that resist the most are usually my students who like to just sit in the back of the classroom and just kind of hang out, slip in and slip out where the grid takes that away. Like Jackie said, it, it, they're taking that ownership. They have to do it themselves. So September is always that hard part. Like, wait, what? I have to actually do work? Oh, I can't move on unless I do this. So it's that mind shift for them is the hardest I recognize in the beginning. I'm, I'm finding for me. So I started it last year and didn't have any team talk classes. And this year, starting in September with team talk classes, the hardest shift has been really reinforcing, as you said, Ray, those routines. It's like If you have a question, you have to mark it. I'm not just going to come around because you have a hand up. And I mean, constantly I'll look at my co-teacher because Kate will raise a hand and she'll start to go over and I'm like, no, no, make sure they've marked it on their grid before you go over there and ask anything. So just establishing that routine, not just for the kids, but for us as well. I think for me, the hardest thing is like, like we're in our first math grade. So we finished our intro grade and we're our first math grade and the kids don't quite get that like 
they have to do like they have to do the work like skipping a grid box is not optional and when the quiz is on the calendar you are taking a quiz that day like this isn't like oh i don't feel ready just because this is like personalized learning right like no like i like this is like you knew it was coming like you have time to prepare so it's getting them to go like oh yeah this isn't just a sit back hang out just like skip around like that's the thing with the grid is everything is intentional. There is no wasted days with the grid. There isn't filler days, right? You are intentionally planning your lessons by depth of knowledge to take the kids from A to B. So like skipping anything is is not going to work. And to get the kids to understand that takes a hot second. It might It might take like you know, a bombed quiz too, in order for them to be like, oh, shoot, like I need to kind of step up my game here and plug myself in. Yeah, I always used to joke that the mindset was such a shift for both the teacher and the student where like the beginning of the year, you're like also holding yourself accountable, like Megan saying like, like, no, I can't go to that kid because I'm trying to reinforce a skill that I'm still practicing. But on the flip side, Jackie, like it's really, it almost takes like two or three grids until everybody starts to have the same mindset of we're here to learn. Uh, everything's intentional. My teacher is an advocate for me and I can be an advocate for myself. And like, those are really important components in something that then changes the year completely towards a positive for the kid. But it takes like two, three grids. I, I really have found that. And even as like somebody really trained in the grid, it still took me two to three grids with a new group of kids every time. <laughs> Yeah, I am really blessed that I work in a district where the kids have pretty much all seen it in middle school at this point, because our middle school does implement it a lot in the math and the science classrooms. So they kind of know the routine, um, but there's still that I teach a lot of freshmen. There's still that transition from eighth to freshman year um, that is a little bit of a struggle to get them used to that routine. And we went they went from a block schedule to now a traditional 43 minute a day schedule. So there's not as much time to work in class as I think they're used to seeing in the middle school, that's the part I have the biggest struggle with. Plus in September, there's been like a lot of disruptions. Uh, we've had fire drills, safety drills, um, map testing already. So that's been the part that's been the biggest struggle for me is all these like things that are disrupting the process in different class periods, but not so much getting them used to grid because I, they've been trained already. It's been kind of nice for my yeah. freshmen. That's really helpful, Julie, that you have that that background where the teachers that they had prior actually were trained in this model. That's a really very, very neat perspective. If you think back to when you were first implementing, say, your intro grids, or maybe as you're returning to the grid method at the beginning of the school year, where for you is the tipping point where you work through, I guess, the frustration or the missteps or the setbacks, either for yourself as an educator or what the kids experienced in the grid for the first time? Where is the tipping point for you that says, yeah, the, the investment in time and the investment in professional learning and the, the investment in support for my kids to help them learn and work through the grid method, it, it's actually a time saver in the end? So I think that's where that intro grid is so important, right? So the first year I did the grid, I didn't do an intro grid. And that first grid ended up taking me way longer than it was supposed to for my own hiccups. And then because they were learning the grid. So once I got into my, I, the next year I did the intro grid, then our first content grade was so much smoother because in that intro grid, I built in those routines. Like we learned what their, you know, vocabulary login was going to be, what their ed puzzle login was going to be, where 
in the previous years, I had to do that within a content grid. Well, you don't have time to be teaching all that. So we got all like the login information out of the way, all of the practices, you know, out of the way so that the content can go smoother. So you have to, just like that phrase where you have to spend money to make money, you have to make time to, in the beginning, to gain your time later. So like, yes, did I start my content later than the other teachers on my team? Yeah, they were already you know, doing main content. They're like, what do you mean? You're still doing intro stuff? I'm like, I got this, trust me. And then give me a couple months and I caught back up and then some because everything was running so much smoother. You just have to take that time in the beginning to do it. Yeah, what's nice, Andrea, is what you're, what you're sharing is that you're teaching them a procedure that you know the majority of the time in your classroom is going to be the daily procedure from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So I love that you're able to focus on that because it's easier to learn a procedural skill and then new content than to learn those at the same time. Um, Megan, I know that you commented early on in this uh, time that we've had together that the intro grid this year has been a lifesaver for you. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what your experience has been or what you structured, what you saw that was so beneficial? Yeah, I mean, part of it is what Andrea just said. The the basic login procedures, our students have access to um, a school-based Google Drive, but every year they struggle with how do they share files from their drive with their teachers. And so that was a box on my grid of, you're just going to make document and share it. And I could give kids feedback right away if I couldn't get into this. So here, you know, go here, watch this video, learn how to do it. So that throughout the course of the year, I'm not going to have to constantly remind them where to go on our um, learning management system to find stuff or how to share their documents with me or what their logins are, because it's all going to be squared away by the time we finish the grid next week. Yeah, I, I really like that. You know, it's interesting. I know that we're going to wrap up our conversation here and we could literally talk for hours and hours and hours. So, Brad, I love these panels. They're always too short. Uh, but I do want to just note, Jackie, something that you shared early on was continuing, yes, the procedural component, but also training students to understand the balance of learning information, but also holding them accountable. Because while mastery learning is a great concept, the grid method offers us a way to structure content in a rigorous way and implement with students, which doesn't mean we just let students learn as they go the entire 180 days a year. We also have to hold them accountable and teach them those soft skills as well. So do you mind speaking to that a little bit more, how you help your students learn life skills because you now have the time to work with the kids? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think to like that intro grid piece is a huge like classroom culture setup too, um, before you even get to the content, because you're creating a culture within the grid framework, um, that this is a safe space to learn and take risks. And you can't ask a kid to take risks until they know the room is safe. So the intro grid really allows you to set up that culture without any content first. Like we talk about the tracking sheet and I spend a ton of time like saying what it is and what it is not. This is not a place to poke fun at students. This is not your grades up on the board. This is like, if somebody's behind, maybe it's because it was dad's birthday last night and you just went out for cake and you couldn't finish your level. Like dad's birthday is way more important. You just know then today, this is what you're coming in and you're getting done because you're not on pace with the calendar, but like, that's okay. That is nothing about what you know or what you don't know. Um, so the tracking sheet is really a great way to hold students accountable that like, 
oh, I need to do this and this today um, in order to get caught up. Um, and I think it, it allows more room too for celebration, right? Because we don't celebrate learning enough. We just like expect kids to do the thing. They do the thing for us so beautifully. And then there's no like, you did the thing. Like you learned, you did what I wanted you to do, right? So watching our sheet go green, I mean, it gives me more opportunities to be like, we're green people. Like it's amazing, you know? So to just really celebrate like that they're just showing up every day and doing what they're supposed to be doing is amazing. And I feel like that's not seen as often in just a traditional class because they're just doing what they're supposed to do. So, mm, so many good things to elaborate on here, friends. We know that there are a lot of resources, but please, as you continue to explore either your background with the grid method, or if you're implementing it with students, some key things that you heard here is the value of an introduction grid. We have a cheat sheet that you guys can snag. It's actually on the homepage, but also obviously on every grid page that you can find at teachfair.com. They also have the intro grade that you can steal and, and manipulate. You can do that at any time throughout the year. Um, so please feel free to use that as frequently as you see fit, whether it be the beginning of a new semester, maybe a new student joins your classroom, or you're just doing the grid and you've decided to jump in in October, do an intro grid. It'll really help you out. Other things that were mentioned was the tracking page, which is how students are going to track their progress through the grid. I know we have some of you submitted questions on goal setting and reflecting, helping with transitions in and out of the classroom environment. And of course, looking at how you can actually have that time with students, those conferences, as Megan noted, actually having time to talk to every single student every single day. It's amazing. I know we're going to wrap up our conversation here, but Brad, I would love if you could help us make sure that we have everyone's contact information. Do you mind facilitating that? Happy to do that. Andrea, I can shift things over to you. We'll work our way around the grid. How can folks uh, get in touch with you and stay in touch with you with questions or uh, to follow up? Sure. The easiest would be my email. So it's just my name, Andrea, at teachbetter.com. You can find me on our website. My Twitter handle is there as well. It's Brenner ELA. So send me a DM. I'd love to chat. Julie, as a high school educator, uh, how can fellow educators stay in touch with you? Yeah, I'm probably the most visible on I don't want to call it X, but Twitter. <laughs> my handle is at edtechmathteach. Um, you can DM me. I have my DMs open as long as you follow me. Um, I'm also on Blue Sky, but I'm not on there as much as I could be. Same handle at edtechmathteach. Um, and if you want to email me, best way is through my school email. It's jsaller at plano88.org. Appreciate that. Uh, Jackie, I know that you're Mion in the middle, but uh, I think you're kind of tops in our book. How do we keep in touch with you? Yeah, so that uh, handle is my Insta my teacher Instagram. Um, and you can see all things that I'm doing in my room. I try and post as often as I can. Um, so that's the easiest way to get in contact with me. Megan, thrilled you can join us tonight. And uh, how can we stay in touch with you? Uh, just like Julie and Andrea, Twitter is probably uh, one of the best places. And it's that's my handle there. Um, you can also get me on my school email, which is just Megan.Balduff at fcps.edu. I love this. So many good things here. I will give a little background before we log off, Brad. I feel like this is a good spoiler. All of these educators, every single one individually have called me frustrated about the grid, mad about something. Every single one has like had a principal they were upset with or a procedure they hated or a kid that did not work with this system and I don't know what to do about it. 
And I mean that by saying, reach out to them, get the inside scoop. We do not want you to believe that the grid is all like unicorns and rainbows. This is hard work to get an incredibly amazing result. And we are all in a progression of being better at it each and every day. So we encourage you to check out teachbetter.com, including teachbetter.com slash the grid method and the academy to get you the support that could start off your journey with the grid method. But definitely reach out to these teachers because I love when they call me upset about something so we can problem solve. It's okay. So Brad, thanks so much for joining and starting these panels in this crew. I love our Sunday panels. Uh, it's I'm thrilled. It's it's real talk about the ups and the downs and the wins and the celebrations, but also sometimes the frustrations and the missteps that we all experience as educators. That's what being part of the Teach Better family is all about. It's celebrating the big wins and it's supporting each other through the missteps and the false starts and recognizing that good things are happening. We just have to do a little bit better today than we were yesterday, a bit better tomorrow than we were today. So uh, thrilled to have everyone join us tonight. And, and Ray, I'm thrilled to be part of the panel. So wonderful. Friends, thank you for taking your Sunday to spend time in the group and keep submitting your questions in teachbettergroup.com. I know there was about 15 I didn't post to the panel. So post them in the group and we'll answer them there. See you next time, friends. Have a wonderful week.